Okay, good morning. So what is the best diet for diabetes? That was a question that came up uh, yesterday as one of the ladies actually posted a review, which I can share in the comments actually, um, about how she's put her diabetes into remission. Blood sugar levels are now normal. Um, through diet, exercise, um, and a few people have then private message and said, oh, what's, what's the best kind of diet for this? What's the best thing to do? And there is no one fix for this. Like, I'm going to go for a few different options that work. But ultimately, and first and foremost, <clears throat> what we know is because there's different types of diabetes. So you've obviously got type 1 and type 2. Type 1, um, morning, Karen. The issue there is that the pancreas doesn't make any insulin. So because the pancreas doesn't make any insulin, by default, you have to get insulin into your body. Um, and there's multiple ways people do that. Pump, self-injections themselves. Type 2, however, um, is a little bit, perhaps, different factors coming in. You, you could go in all day on this in terms of type one and a half, whether that's a thing. Um, it is a thing, but how much that's misdiagnosed or not. Um, so the and the issue here, in 90% of cases in type 2 diabetes is at the actual cell, at the cell level, which is insulin resistance. So with, with this, your pancreas is perhaps still secreting insulin. You're, you've got a, at least a basal level, um, perhaps a normal amount in some cases being created. However, when the um, insulin is released to help get the sugar into the muscles, for example, so muscle cells will need it for their energy levels. Instead of it just going straight in, the cells are like half asleep. It's like it's like having a rusty lock, okay? So you can have all the keys you want. So your blood sugar level is high. Your body says to your pancreas, release more insulin. Give me more keys because it's high and it keeps secreting more keys. But unfortunately, the lock is rusty. So really, we need some WD-40. WD-40 can come in, come in the form of medication. Um, and it can also come in the form of exercise. It can come in the form of weight loss. All these things, fat loss can help with this. So if we consider that as a, as a mechanism right there, we've got a few different options that we can do. So number one, we know about the low calorie diet option. There's some really good research in this. In fact, I did my um, postgraduate research in this diet about whether people overcompensate after going on a low calorie diet. So if you put someone on an 800 calorie diet, uh, do they do that for four days, five days, and then just go crazy after? Now, of course, some people will, and this is a very individual thing, and it does depend on this, this one big thing, huge thing, the level of support you receive whilst doing it. Like, if you just give someone a load of shakes or something and go, yeah, get on with it, most likely they're going to fail. Most likely they will fail. Whereas if you compare that to someone who gets weekly check-ins with a nutritionist, a dietitian, who has a personal trainer, someone motivating them to get out at 6am, get their workout in, whatever it is, someone motivating them to get their water in, to remind them, that, right, let's do that, okay, day one, again, let's go again, let's go again, rather than just trying to do it yourself. We know from research that that has a big factor on someone's success. So we know that although these quote-unquote crash diets 
can work. They are dependent on a lot of factors, support and ongoing support and what you do at the end of that as well. How do you transition back out of doing that? Because you're probably not going to do it forever, but you might use it as a tool forever. You know, I know, I know that I can eat that much by filling up on certain foods that are higher in protein, higher in vegetables, nutrient dense. So I'm still getting my nutrition in. So it's not about what's right or wrong there. So we know that there is research on that that's promising in terms of putting type 2 diabetes into remission. However, this is more promising in pre-diabetes and people who with type 2 diabetes kind of five years and, and, and down. Um, that's not to say that it doesn't work in above. And actually, there's more and more research coming out that it, it does. And actually, it doesn't do any harm at all, providing you've got the support um, of people behind you as well. So you're not just going blindly into it. So that that is an option then. Number two, you often hear about carbohydrates, sugar, and insulin resistance and, and there as well. So no doubt lowering your carbohydrate level will have an impact on your um, blood sugar levels. This can perhaps help with control your diabetes. More so, you might end up lowering your calories by lowering your carbohydrates because a third of your plate is now gone, right? So this is a strategy, perhaps a quick strategy, that a lot of people understand they know what a carbohydrate is, which is good because then people can maybe apply it straight away. The issue is sometimes we think that we have to, have to. There's a difference between have to and want. Have to go like zero carb. Now, if you look at the research, there's some beneficial research in lower carb diets, but they're actually like 35 to 40% carbohydrates. 35 to 40% carbohydrates, which is still quite moderate, isn't it? But the fact is that most Western countries, we eat, and most diets, in fact, eat around 60 to 80% carbohydrates. So we've, I'm so annoying with my definitions. We've got to define what we mean by low carb diet like someone could say i'm doing a low carb diet but they're actually doing they're actually eating potatoes or then people are like that's not low carb diet well it's lower compared to the standard american diet you know so and that has benefits that shows research benefits and if you lower your carbohydrates you've got to increase something else right you've got to put something in the tank so what are you increasing well you might be increasing vegetables fiber your fiber is good for blood sugar levels that takes slow digestion so that helps slow things down which can lower your blood sugar levels, perhaps get you fuller for longer, more importantly, meaning you eat fewer calories across the day. You might end up eating more protein. Perhaps you go for a double dose of the protein. That We know that keeps you full up. We know that having people given like 35 to 40 grams of protein at breakfast subconsciously eat less throughout the day. And if you subconsciously eat less throughout the day, you're not even thinking about it, that's a win right there to control your calorie intake. So already we're starting to piece things together here and go okay there's a few strategies there that I don't have to go overboard with because that also means you don't need to super like cut out carbohydrates altogether it might be that you start off and this is a simple one to implement that you just have carbohydrates at one meal a day now and then you perhaps increase that's an opportunity to increase your vegetable intake um, or it might be starchy carbohydrates at one, and then you just have more vegetables at the other one. So you're still having carbohydrates. You get a lot of carbohydrates and vegetables anyway. Um, but you're increasing your fiber intake, your fullness factor, and also protein as well. And that's something that we, we help you do as well. So there are some factors right in there that in terms of the best 
diet for diabetes, type 2 diabetes. They're things that you can apply straight away and get into right now. And it doesn't mean zero carb, lower, but at the same time, some people prefer to go super low carb and they might fast for a few days in terms of lower calories altogether. So have lower calorie days and people find it, so this is number three, like people find this an easy way to manage their calorie intake. So rather than being like, I don't know, 1,500, 1,300 calories a day, someone goes, you know what, I just prefer to do a few days really low, like 800, and my hunger levels are actually better. And actually, weirdly, the research actually shows that, again, depending on the support you have, depending on your protein intake, which is a key one here, people's hunger levels are actually lower and more controlled on days where they're actually eating fewer calories. And it's whether that's because they're thinking less about food, there's less to plan, less decisions to make. So it can be almost a subconscious way, especially on your busy days, perhaps. Um, And I spoke to someone yesterday about this, about, they were like, I don't have time to snack. I don't have time to plan my snacks or plan anything for when I get home at four o'clock. So I end up getting sausage rolls or anything that's in the fridge just there. And I know it's not great, but I keep doing it. And it's like, okay, don't think about what's perfect here. Think about what the alternative is. Okay, if you, what, what about like a chocolate protein shake? And, and I say this because a chocolate protein shake is actually really nice. It just tastes like chocolate milkshake. Um, it's quick and easy, just as quick and easy as grabbing a sausage roll. We can have a race on that one. And we know we're going to get in some good nutrition with that in terms of protein. We know that's going to help get you full. And yeah, it might not be perfect. You might be saying, yeah, that's got a, a sweetener in or whatever, but there's always going to be something, you know, and if you compare it to a sausage roll, what's better? What's the alternative? What's going to keep you fuller? What's going to make you feel better? And it's always about looking at, okay, what's the alternative with this? So there is three options and it's, you know, it's like giving ways of eating and strategies here rather than kind of like, this is the way to eat because that's just the way it is. And you can mix and match between them. You know, I have lower carb days. I have days where I don't have breakfast just depends on how my lifestyle's going but the key thing is that you plan around that day so it's not like i'm just trying to eat as little as possible um and if you have a bit of a binge eating tendency then you probably want to make sure you are having breakfast to make sure that that tendency doesn't come in later making sure maybe i'll get a protein based breakfast in that's going to help my hunger later today or if i am going to fast and skip breakfast because i'm not hungry at that time make sure you have something ready planned for say 11 or 10 or an early lunch and then you have a mid-afternoon um, snack that's planned already. So you're not starving when you get in from work. Maybe you have something for on the way home in the car, whether that's a protein shake, whether that's carrots, apple, whatever. Even whatever, it doesn't really matter what it is. Having something so that when you go into your house, you've had something already. Or like one of the ladies said yesterday, which I thought was a really good strategy, something that has actually gone out of my head for a few times. Um, which is when she gets home from work, to walk around the street before she goes into her house. That means she switches off from work. So she parks the car, walks around, rather than going oh, back, rushing to one thing or another, she just walks around for like five minutes. And she's, she says she goes into her house a lot more calmer. Anyway, we'll finish with that one. I think that's a practical one that we can all apply today, even if you're working from home. When you switch off a break, lunch, go for a walk around. Imagine you're leaving the office. 
we know that that helps with insulin resistance. We know that that's like the WD-40 exercise. And that brings me on to resistance exercise. I know I, would, I was going to end, but resistance exercise is so, so important with this because think of your muscle as like a storage of sugar. Okay, so your muscle is like a storage of sugar. It's like a big bath. If you pull the plug, all the water drains down. That's like getting rid of all the sugar in on there. And that's like what exercise does. You're draining the bath. Now, if you compare this to having a bigger bath as well, you can fit more sugar in. Again, this is going to help with like a bit of a storage of sugar so you're not getting excess spinning over. We know that the resistance exercise is very good, but any exercise is also good in terms of insulin resistance. So I hope that helps. Lots of strategies in there. Hey, Caroline. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Anne. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Tina. If you found that helpful, do like, share it. Um, I know a lot of people are asking about this and I saw a stat on, I think it's Diabetes UK website, 25% of hospital beds are associated with uh, diabetes, which is an amazing stat. Anyway, hey Sally, I hope that helps. Have an awesome week. Any questions, let us know and I'll see you soon. Take care.